Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So over the past couple of weeks, you've noticed, I hope you've noticed, the gospel reading from John has been on the same theme, Jesus as the bread of life, John chapter 6. This is a long discourse, a sermon, by our Lord at Capernaum. And it was during, don't ever forget, the time of Passover. A good portion of those Jesus was addressing ate their fill the day before when he fed the 5,000 out in the wilderness. As we know, God gives daily bread to even evil people. But forgiveness is all the more he desires and seeks to give for all of our lives. However, the father sending his son felt a growing resistance to his word now at the synagogue. Jesus knew the outcome would be unbelief, but his 12 that day had to face it. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. No fault on Jesus. Can't blame him. He reached out in every way to bring them into the Christian faith. Consumption was their problem. The flesh could not swallow the spirit-filled word they heard. St. Paul also today in our reading gives a warning to believers, to us, over what we consume in this life. And in this kind of a country, there is lots that we consume through media and through lots of means. Countless things try to fill us with comforts and pleasures to leave no room, finally, any room, for faith in the gospel. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise but wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Unlike this life that perishes, Jesus is God and man from heaven. His word keeps any fed and filled, as promised, with life everlasting. Christ, the bread of life, is to abide in us and us in him. The bread of life abides in us by what Christ gave of his great sacrifice. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? is what they asked that day. This reaction came from the universal fact that Jesus made known his life, as he says, was for the world. The answer to how dwelt upon God's doing, the divine necessity of the Father sending his Son. It was his dinner arrangements to set forth the gift of his son to eat and drink of all that he gives of us. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. It was not about good nutrition, like manna gave for a time, but to mention his blood. This is the first time Jesus brings it up in this John chapter 6, to tie that into his flesh, 
was to tie it all to the act of his one-time sacrifice. Jesus bound to the cross, in other words, means to eat and drink God's justifying work for us all our days, every day, until we die with that good news that dies with us. You see, the gospel is the greater gift, and nothing like the law that upholds this life, but you're upholding this life that is perishing, because the law no one fulfills so righteously. Luther tells us, take all the good works, also those enjoined in the Ten Commandments, such as to obey the government, to honor your parents, to abstain from theft, from adultery, and from murder. Are these Christ's flesh and blood? No. Therefore, they are unable to give life. Consequently, Christ excludes and rejects them all, singly and collectively, and insists on the one thing that bestows eternal life. Without this, we are serving the devil. No respect of person and no holiness counts here. Life is deposited and inheres solely in Christ's flesh and blood, and there it will surely remain. So, whatever other measures we try to claim outside the pure gospel only threatens the righteousness, life, and works of Jesus alone for us. In other words, don't go there and say, well, this person surely is in heaven because they were such a good, right, and giving person. Be careful how good they were, but that gets none of us in heaven. The flesh and blood of Jesus is forgiveness, denying all other claims by men, so even receiving him and his word that you hear today is a gift, a pure gift of God. The bread of life abides in us with life that will rest upon his faithfulness. To consume Jesus meant a spiritual act, which was simply to believe in him. Faith, we say, dwells in the heart, right? But it comes not from the heart. It comes from and resides out of what God speaks to us. Jesus, as the word made flesh, promised, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. And so this is not what I heard, have heard as pastor over the years. It's not that kind of when a person is looking towards the end of their life or great trouble, and I mentioned about, you know, being with the Lord in heaven, and they'll say something, well, I hope so. It isn't like that at all. You understand? But how faith already has life everlasting from all sin, death, and Satan by Jesus for you. So it isn't like, well, I hope so. Maybe I'll find that out someday. No, it's here today. What he gives you. The of his body and blood is to identify a new way, a new covenant. He cut it by the cross. It spiritually marks our lives. 
built out of death and resurrection. And so, as with the words, whoever eats of me, Jesus says, guess how he sends out his church? He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. There go all good works. There go all the glories of this life. It always goes back to Jesus. The faithfulness of Christ extends beyond spiritually eating of him, though, doesn't it? To what we say as Lutherans is his sacramental presence. This abiding would be in a much more physical way. You heard what he said. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. At his last Passover, we know how this plays out. The truth became physically known before his disciples when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Eating and drinking him tied it all to bread and wine and to that great mystery of his flesh and blood present as the Lamb of God for our lives. Such a physical communion that comes interact with our lives to eat of Christ is no good and even very dangerous, frankly, if no spiritual eating of faith recognizes what he says. It's not about the weakened faith. The weakened faith surely come. But if there is no faith, don't come. That's very dangerous. So, what we find then are those words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. That's what we believe. And what we trust in when he comes, which means he's swapping everything of self-reliance on your life. Every justifying way of your life, he's swapping it. And so now he is coursing through our veins as Savior and Lord. By this truth and love, confessed and received, he even binds his church together before the world. That is the great witness when we eat and drink at his table. The bread of life abides in us then to follow him because we are what we eat. Since Christ comes spiritually and sacramentally, there is no lack from the gospel. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, Jesus says, abides in me and I in him. This abiding is not what we fall into as Americans. It's not some mere nice thought of Jesus with me, but the fact of what he says, you are in me, and I in you. Him being part and parcel with our lives, whether as a church or individually in our own lives, whether it's our personal sufferings or the persecution of the whole church. Remember what Jesus said to Paul? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, but he was tied so closely to his church that he told Paul, you're persecuting not the church, not these people, but me. And he says that for us in these days and for your own life and suffering. That's how tied closely Jesus is to us. And unlike worldly consuming, St. Paul claims the better source. 
you know what, I'm gonna bet that as Americans, we are spending more, consuming more, trying to get our comfort from what we can get. You know what Paul says? He said today, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. There's your light, there's your confidence, there's that makes all things visible and clear and good for life. If eating is already natural to our lives, without plenty of eating his word and sacrament, abiding in him can appear foolish and weak. But this wisdom, we know God binds to his cross. It all seems offensive and why Christ must speak those words we heard from our proverb, proverb, the wisdom that says, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. His insight was suffering and death that finally brought about resurrection that nobody else can give, nobody else can proclaim, but he gives it gladly for us. Saint Bernard, might not be a church no, because he comes from the medieval ages, medieval times, right? He knew eating redemption in Christ was the abiding presence for everything else that would build up everything. He found the Benedictine monks, okay? But he knew that everything rested about redemption and eating of Jesus. And he wrote these words. You can find them in the Concordia Study Bible, so you know that I'm not acting like I'm a Roman Catholic. They're right there in our Concordia Study Bible. And here's what it says. To follow Jesus is a life-giving purpose. To hold and embrace him, a solemn joy. To feed on him, a blissful life. Wisdom has been built by God but especially, and now in these last days, built in the flesh and blood of Christ. He prevails with life that has no end, and he knows how to see us through this life. Whatever may be happening right now for you, whatever will be happening for us in the future, Jesus knows. We must consume. We must consume things to live in this world but let it never be apart from Jesus. Remember the phrase back in the day, I don't know if they still use it in the commercials, got milk? Remember that? It was kind of catchy, but it, it lost, it's lost its commercialism. But we can keep saying this, got the bread of life? That's what counts. Jesus is, is to abide in us and us in him. Eat, drink, and live, for he is our health, righteousness, and surely deliverance from all things. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.